<clears throat> Welcome back. We're starting the 19th chapter of Ilkhotishu. This chapter is simpler than the ones that passed, frankly, and it deals with the right of the heirs of the sons of the woman to inherit her and the ketubah right that she has in addition to the inheritance that they would otherwise get from their father. So Perektish Asar Halacha Aleph. One of the conditions of the ketubah is that the sons of a woman, if she dies, they get to inherit her aside and apart from the estate that they would otherwise get from the father. And what they inherit from her is her right to the ketubah the entirety of the ketubah, the, the, the aikar, as well as the excess, and also the nedunia in terms of things that came into the, the marriage as nichse son barzel, and uh, we have explained this in chapter 16, what nichse son barzel is, but basically it's assets that the woman brings into the marriage. The husband is entitled to uh, get the gains from these assets, but at, the same, but at the same time, he has to guarantee the principal value. And if they go down in value, he has to make the wife whole for this. So it's as if uh, the nechassim are frozen in time, barzel, and the woman is as if lending the husband a, a set sum of money that is nechassim barzel. Halachabet kesad. Let's say someone marries a woman and her ketubah and her nedunia in the aggregate is a thousand zuzim. And she has a son and then she dies before the husband dies. And then he marries a second wife and makes her ketubah and nedunia of 200 in the aggregate. And then she had a son, and she dies before he does. And then he dies, and he lives in his estate 2,000. So what do we do? First, we give to each of the sons the amount corresponding to their mother's ketubah and edunia in the aggregate. So 1,000 for the first one, 200 for the second one, and then the rest, the, the remaining 800, we divide half and half, or however the Yerusha is supposed to be divided, presumably one of them is a Bechor, and he'll get twice as much. Nimsa beyad ben harishona elef ve'arba me'ot, u'biyad ben ha'shenia shesh me'ot. So assuming that none of them is a Bechor, the first one is going to end up with 1,400, and the second one with 600. Simple, simple math. But all of this is so long as the state is sufficient to satisfy all the ketubot and having some de minimis excess over that. So that that excess can then be divided per the rules of the Yerusha. But if there is no 
uh, amount, the, the amount is not enough to satisfy the Ketubot, and then to have some leftover to be divided per the Yerusha rules, Holkim HaKol Beshaveh, the Yerusha rules kick in at the outset, and everything is divided per the rules of the Yerusha. She'im Yireshu Elu Ketubat Iman ve'elu Ketubat Iman ve'lo yishaer dinar echad l'halok oto ben ha'yerushim, imsaten ha'izdem ev'atel ha'iluk Yerusha ben ha'banim Beshaveh, she'hu min ha'tora, because if we don't have any amount on which the rules of Yerusha operate, then we are sort of overriding the rules of Yerusha from the Torah, and that cannot happen. So if we don't have any amount on which to apply the Yerusha rules, we have to apply the Yerusha rules on the entire amount without giving effect first to the Ketubot. Al-Khadalit. והוא הדין למי שנשא נשים רבות בין בזו אחר זו בין בבת אחת ומתו כולם בחייה ולא מהן בנים זכרים אם היה שם יתר על כדי כל הכתובות דינר כל אחד ואחד יורש כתובת אמו והשאר חולקים בשווה so too someone who has several wives not only two whether he married them subsequently to one another or all of them at the same time and they all died while he's alive and he has male children from them if the estate is sufficient to satisfy all the ketubot and have a little bit of excess on which to apply the rules of Yerusha, fine. Otherwise, the rules of Yerusha kick in for the entire amount. Say that the yetomim say, you know what, we want to receive the ketubah, Financially, it makes sense for us. We, we'd rather receive the Ketubah than receive our share per the Yerusha. And therefore, let us make the estate whole. We are going to add some money to the estate so that there is enough money to pay the Ketubah and to have an excess to divide per the Yerusha. We actually do not let them do this. Rather, the Bedin calculates the estate as of the death of the father. And even and whatever happens to the, the, uh, the value of the estate after the death of the father, whether it goes down in value or up in value, this is irrelevant to the question of whether there was enough to satisfy all the ketubot and then have a little extra for Yerusha. And because this amount that the Yetomim are giving comes after the death, it's not counted within the estate. If there is an excess, if there is enough to satisfy all the ketubot, and then to have a little extra, even if on that little extra there is a shetarhov, a shetarhov means a pre-existing debt that is to be satisfied from the estate. However, a, a debt is not to be satisfied from the ketubah. The ketubah has first priority. It is the first right of creditors is always a ketubah. So, from Nechassim Shena Meshuabadim, obviously. So, if uh, if that excess over the ketubah 
is now now becomes bound to be repaid to a creditor it's still fine so although in fact the yerushim will not receive anything per the rules of the yerusha because there was a little bit of an excess after satisfying the ketubot that's fine satisfy the ketubot and then the excess is used to pay off the creditors and the yerushim end up getting nothing Say someone was married to two women. One of them dies while he's alive, and one of them dies after he dies, and he has children from both of them. Even though his estate would not be enough to satisfy both ketubot, if the if the second one takes a shavuat almana, which we explained already, we explain what that is in uh, in predicted zayin. Before she dies, then her children are going to have priority to get her ketubah. Because by doing the shavuat almana, she now. Uh, granted to them a right of Yerusha per the rules of Yerusha under the Torah. And only afterwards, the children of the first one can claim their Ketubah money by fiat, by the power of the Ketubah itself, which is the Rabbanan. And if then there is anything left over, then they divide up per the Yerusha rules. And if she dies before doing Shavuot Almana, then the first one, the, the one who died when the husband was still alive, they get the Ketubah of their mother alone because by getting that, and then the rest is divided among all of them equally. Same situation, a guy is married to two women, he has children with both of them and he dies. And then the women die as well. If they first took the Shavuot Almana and only then died, each and every one of them gets a Ketubah of their mother as a Yerusha from the Torah, not by fiat of the actual condition within the Ketubah. Therefore, we don't care to know if there is any access to which to apply the, the Deen of Yerusha. And in this case, we do go by order of time, first in time, first in right. And if they did not do the Shavuot Halmana, then the Yerushim, they all divide up per the Yerusha rules, and there is no Ketubah priority. Because the Almana has no Ketubah until she actually takes an oath. Halachat 
from these wives that the, this man who passed away had, אחת נשבעה ואחת לא נשבעה, זו שנשבעה בניה יורשים כתובתה תחילה, והשאר חולקין אותו בשווה. If one of them took an oath, one of them did not take an oath, the one who took an oath, her sons are going to, to inherit her ketubah first, and the rest is going to be divided equally. וכל היורש כתובת אמו שמתה בחיי אביו, אין עוד טורף מנכסים משועבדים אלא מבני חורים ככל היורשים. And even someone who is claiming from the estate a portion that corresponds to a ketubah of his mother that passed away during the life of his father, then he can only claim from assets that don't have any other claims on them, משועבדים, but rather assets that have no claims on them, just like any other yoresh. We switch subjects now. One more of the conditions of the ketubah. That all the girls who are not adults, who are not adults, and just again, refresh on the definition of a girl who is an adult, she needs to be at least 12 years of age and six months. And she needs to have had puberty, the onset of puberty, beginning at least after the age of 12. And it has to have passed six months from that time. Um, for all intents and purposes, this could happen up to the age of 35. So that's a bogeret. So girls, until they become the oreset, until someone marries them, or until they become adults, they are entitled by the ketubah of their mother to be supported on their basic needs from the assets of the father. And this comes from the estate as well. If the girl becomes an adult, even if she's not married, or vice versa, she gets married before becoming bogeret, she has no mezanot. And unlike a wife, a girl, a daughter, who is getting supported from the estate, any income that she makes will not offset the support that she receives. Not only does she get mezonot, but she also gets mezonot, she gets also clothing and she gets also a, an appropriate residence. Just like a widow gets, and just like with, with a widow, the Bedin can go and sell assets without having to, to invite claims to the contrary. But the one difference is that the wife, the widow, she gets uh, an amount that is according to her status. And if, if the status of her husband was higher than hers, according to the status of, of, of her husband, and to the daughters, they only get something that's de minimis, not something that satisfies their social status. And one more difference is that they don't need to swear that uh, what, the, what their mother needs to swear about. Halachayot bet. 
also for these rights of inherit of the sons inheriting the mother's ketubah and the daughters being fed, being supported from the estate of a husband that, that passes away, for all of these things, the claimants, the daughters and the sons need to come up, need to produce the actual uh, shetar, the actual document of the ketubah. But if they cannot produce the Shtar Ketubah, they get nothing. Because they have no way to prove that their mother didn't in fact waive the entire Ketubah. However, if it's in a place where uh, documents of Ketubah are not normally written, the Ketubah is something oral with Adim, then they have according to the conditions, even if they cannot produce this Shatar. If someone at his deathbed, as part of his last wishes, he asks that some of the Tenaye Ketubah not be fulfilled, his, uh, his, his request has no effect whatsoever. If a person makes a gift while he is Shekhiv Mera, we are going to discuss this in Lchot Zechia Matana, so Shekhiv Mera is a person who is about to die. Now, the person is, and this is very, by the way, very practical, very, very practical. Halakha said it comes, it comes up uh, whenever anyone is passing away. Um, according to Halakha, you cannot override the rules of Hirusha that Torah imposes. Now, one solution that people might come up with is trying to gift all of the property away a moment before they die. However, Whenever this gift is being done by a Shekhiv Merabas, by someone who is about to die, then operationally the Halakha deems this gift to have occurred a second after death. And therefore, because at the moment of death, the Yerusha already operated and divvied up everything according to the Yerushim, this gift will probably be inconsequential. And therefore, even if someone gives this gift, also, the Tenayeke to get fulfilled because the gift happens, uh, is operational, is operative only after death. Batamemaenet is a girl who was uh, betrothed uh, as a young girl before puberty, and then and she and she agreed to get married. Although this is inappropriate, and we mentioned this several times. And then when she matures, when she becomes an adult, she decides, you know what, I, I, I don't want to remain married. And she's entitled to, to annul that marriage that's called mi'un. So the moment she does that, she's just like any other daughter, as a daughter that was never married, and she has mezonot. So long as she's not uh, bogeret. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let, let me just repeat this. Batamemaenet is not the daughter who is Memaenet, but rather the, do- the daughter of a wife who became Memaenet. So 
in other words, this girl, before she did Mi'un, she had a daughter, and then she did Mi'un, and then this daughter is like any other daughter, and she has Mezonot. However, the daughter of a Yevama, or the daughter of a Shenia, Shenia means... Uh, So, so Bata Yevama, she, she, she wants to claim against the Yavam, not against the father. And Bata Shaniya is someone who, who is born from a marriage that was forbidden, Mitakanat uh, Hachamim, and therefore she gets no Ketubah. Or Bata Arusa, Arusa is the daughter of someone who did not go through the second stage of Nisuin, but just the first stage. Or Bata Anusa, or the daughter of someone who came from a forcible relationship, from rape. They don't get this tenai of mezonot after the father dies. But while the father is alive, he is a father for he needs to support them. Just like any son or daughter during the life of the father. In other words, you don't need to have a marriage or a ketubah for the obligation to attach to the daughters, but you do need to have that for the obligation to attach to the daughters from the estate. <coughs> I'm sorry, Tetvav. When someone marries a girl, who is being supported by an estate, then although normally the husband would only become obligated to start supporting her the moment of the Nisuim, in this case he becomes obligated the moment of the Erusin because she just lost her support from the estate by getting Meoreset, by, be by becoming Mekudeshet. And also, she is no, she's not a Bogeret since she was being fed by the estate. That means that she's not a Bogeret yet. So she doesn't, she's not uh, considered, because she's not Bogeret, we, we don't think that she's capable of, of uh, working and making an income for her own. She's too young. And a person doesn't really want for his arusa, for his uh, wife, wife to be, to be, to be in a situation where she has to go from door to door asking for food, begging for food, which means that when he married her, he sort of impliedly agreed that if need be, he'll support her. Halachat zayin. Niset habat almena. If uh, one of these girls was being supported by the estate, she she gets married, and then after she gets married, she is memaenet, or she gets divorced, or she gets uh, she 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 gets she becomes a widow, and she's not yet a bogeret. Even if after becoming a widow, the brother might still marry her. Given that she now is back at the uh, at her own family and she's still not a bogeret, 
הרזון איזונת מנכסי אביה עד שתבכור או עד שתתארס, she goes back to being supported by the estate until she gets מאורסת again or until she becomes בוגרת. הלכה י"ז. Now a little bit of priorities, who gets what first. מי שמת והניח בנים ובנות, יבשו הבנים כל הנכסים, והן זנין את אחיותיהן עד שיבגורו או עד שיתארסו. So when someone dies and leaves sons and daughters, the rule is that the sons, the male sons, are going to get the entire Yerusha, but at the same time they'll become obligated to feed their sisters until they become bogeret or they become married. This is all when there is something called נכסים מרובים, abundant assets, which are sufficient for giving assets to the sons, and the sons can then, from these assets, support their daughters, their sisters, sorry. אבל אם אין בנכסים שהניח אלא פחות מזה מוסיעים מהן מזונות לבנות אשר יבכורו ונותנים השאר לבנים. However, if the נכסים are not מרובים, if, if the estate is smaller, then the bed dean makes a point to separate before they distribute the assets to the sons, they set apart some assets that are going to be allocated to, to give מזונות to, to the daughters and then they give the rest to the בנים. And, and they, they take enough They take enough food as if the banot are not going to get married but are going to become bogrot. So they calculate how many years between then and bogeret, and that's how they calculate how much to take apart for the mezanot. But if there is only four mezanot, and then there wouldn't be anything enough left for the banim, Then tough luck for the sons, the girls get priority and they'll get, they'll, they'll be supported until they become Bokrot, even if this means that the poor sons are going to have to beg around for food. When is all of these? When the assets are, they consist of land, real estate. But if what he left behind is chattels, Now, the Midin Hachamim and Midin the Torah, the Ketubah would only attach, the obligation under the Ketubah would only attach as an obligation on real estate assets. And if there is anything that's not real estate, that's chattels, the obligation would not attach to them. So it would follow that the banim should get all the mitaltelin and the banot should get nothing. However, the geonim were the ones who instituted, and they actually added this to the text of every ketubah, that the ketubah and its obligations can be fulfilled also from mitaltelin. So therefore, because this is now We are not talking about Ketubah, we're talking about this Tekana of Geonim, then their right to the Nechassim Mittaltelin is the same as the sons, and then they have the same claim to it and they split it equally. Halachayotet. Hiniach karka 
והיו הנכסים מרובים, ונתמעטו אחר כן, כבר זכו בהן יושים. If uh, there was real estate left, which means that the mezonot attached to it, and then there was נכסים מרובים, there was an abundant estate, which means the Bedin set apart some, uh, didn't set apart mezonot, just distributed everything to the sons and told them, you take care of your sisters. But then the estate went down in value. Now it's too late to go back and the Yorshim, the boys already got what they got and they obviously have the obligation to maintain their sisters, but the Bedin no longer gets involved. If the opposite happens, if, the, if they were low in value and they go up in value, so when they were low in value, the, the Bedin set some apart for the Banot, then the Banim go back to having the estate and they take responsibility over their sisters. Even if this wasn't the case, that the, the estate went up in value. If the sons went ahead without waiting for the Bedin, and they took the Nechasim, and they sold them, then what they did is done, and they assumed the responsibility of feeding their sisters, but their sale remains. If, again, we're talking about an abundant estate, and, but the, the, the deceased left a debt behind, or that he conditioned, he added a condition to the ketubah of his wife, that from his estate he'll feed his, her daughter, then neither this uh, loan nor this obligation to the wife uh, have any effect on the fact that the Yorshim are supposed to now, the boys are supposed to get the estate, and they become responsible for satisfying all the debts, including the Mezonot, including uh, the Balhov, Vyazunu Bat Eshet Avihen, Vyitnu Lebalhov Hovo, Vyazunu Bat Eshet Avihem Adzman Shepasak, and then they should feed their the daughter of the wife of their father, in other words, not their sister, their half-sister, um, however much he he said they should, and then they should also feed their own sisters, the sisters, the daughters of the guy who just passed away, uh, like they're supposed to until they become bogrot or until they get married. If the person who dies leaves behind a widow and a daughter, whether this daughter is her daughter or whether it's his daughter from a different wife, and there is only enough to feed one of them, then the widow takes priority over the daughter. And the tough luck on the daughter, she has to go, uh, even if the daughter has to go and ask and beg for food. Rambam says in, that he adds, not from a source, that the, the supporting of the daughter takes precedence over the 
the, the, the Yerusha of the son of the amount that corresponds to the Ketubah of his mother who died when his father was alive. So let's say uh, Itzhak, let's say uh, Abraham, Sarah, and Itzhak. So it's, uh, Sarah dies before Abraham. Itzhak now becomes entitled to the amount of the Ketubah when Abraham dies. So then Abraham dies. But then Abraham only leaves enough money to feed uh, his other daughter. So the daughter takes priority over its hack getting the amount that corresponds to the Ketubah of Sarah. Even though you think that they both are equal conditions under the Ketubah, Rambam thinks that the daughter gets precedence. Why does he say that? It's Kalva Homer. If the Torah was willing to suspend the laws of Yerusha to support the daughter, how much more so shouldn't the Yerusha of the Ketubah, which is something established by the Beddin, also be suspended in order so that the daughter can be supported? If someone dies and leaves daughters, some of them adults, some of them minors, and did not leave behind any male sons. So when there is no sons, that's something that we learn from Benot Selofhad, the daughters, we, we switch systems from a son-centered Yerusha to a daughter-centered Yerusha, and they get everything Beshaveh. But now that the daughters are getting Beshaveh, there is no Dean of Mezonot, and therefore, they all receive an inheritance regardless of mezonot. For the minor ones, nobody gets mezonot, everyone gets inheritance. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Ve'amen.